I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Michael Calhoun with you. Travis Sheridan is away on this Sunday. And welcome in to our weekly conversation about local innovation here in St. Louis. As we like to say, what happens next happens here. And this week, it's a conversation with some real heavy hitters. We're talking about some of the chief executives of some of the region's biggest companies. And they're hitting some milestones as well. Edward Jones uh, just topped a trillion dollars in assets under their care, which is really impressive when you consider the fact that they don't deal with, you know, big funds, billions of dollars. They're talking about the family college savings plan or the couple's retirement account, and they got to a trillion dollars under their care. And so we'll talk with the uh, chief executive at Edward Jones, Jim Weddle, maybe ask him uh, some questions. Perhaps uh, their, their name has been floated in connection with a possible naming rights deal at Scott Trade Center. We'll ask him about that. We'll also talk with the chief executive at Ameren, Warner Baxter. They're investing in startups, which, you know, a lot of funds and accelerator programs and other uh, institutions in St. Louis investing, but a for-profit electric utility investing in startups. Well, Ameren is looking for the next and greatest technology. Have they found it. We'll ask Warner Baxter. And then Deloitte, the consulting firm, is doing a lot of work with the uh, federal spy agency that's building their new Western headquarters in St. Louis, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. It's all about jobs, right? And uh, will the spy agency be able to fill all of those tech jobs in St. Louis? Deloitte is helping them figure that out. Maybe there'll be some lessons for other companies that might be considering St. Louis or might be thinking about how do we hire a bunch of tech people in a market like St. Louis. So Deloitte, Edward Jones, and Ameren, it's all up next on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Gangnam OX. Welcome back in. Michael Calhoun, Travis Sheridan is away on this Sunday. And let's talk about human capital. Jobs, 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 right? Let's bring in Roger Hill, a principal at Deloitte. You just held an event at Venture Cafe on Thursday in the uh, the Cortex Innovation District at the uh, one of the, the next at 4240 events. And you touched on the topic of human capital. The human capital trends. So we do a large-scale, both commercial and federal, uh, research throughout the year and annually publish what we see to be um, the significant human capital trends uh, across the United States. And so we provide those um, to many of our commercial and, and, and federal customers. Um, obviously, as, as we all know, uh, the human capital arena and, and strategic staffing and, and sourcing the best talent is front of mind uh, you know, for all of our customers. And, and I think, you know, just like with technology, the human capital environment is evolving very rapidly. Um, and the types of experience that the talent is, is looking for in the marketplace is changing on a daily basis. And so this will give um, our insights into where we think the human capital market's going in the future and how others can, can kind of get ahead of the curve. What are some of the talents maybe of the uh, of the human capital in St. Louis and, you know, whether it's NGA just making their decision or Amazon is now in the process of making a decision. Human capital seems like it's at the forefront of a business attraction uh, going forward. 
Well, I can tell you, um, one of the roles I play for Deloitte is I am our account lead for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. And so recently, um, we have a partnership that we just entered into with LaunchCode there in St. Louis. And um, NGA, like many companies, in order to you know, really embrace and take advantage of the changes in technology and, and the impacts that that's making on the business, um, they're creating a new career service around information technology. And uh, they're working with Deloitte along with LaunchCode as our partner uh, to hire uh, information technology talent directly from the St. Louis market. Um, so we're real excited to be a part of that. And, you know, I, I've been amazed, um, you know, over the last year as I've been spending more time in St. Louis, um, you know, just at the progress they've made in, in the innovation community and the information technology uh, community. And we're real proud with the other iconic brands out there like Microsoft to be really investing significantly in the community. And we, we really see that as a, as a significant technology hub in the Midwest. It seems like a lot of the conversations about talent are how can we attract the folks who already have the skills, who've already gone through the training and that sort of thing. Whereas in St. Louis with Launch Code, it's a different kind of attack. We've got people who might be changing careers or looking for a career or just don't have the uh, the resume strength but might have the experience for a job. And so talk about the, the importance of Launch Code, especially moving forward as the economy changes, as jobs change, and as people might find themselves looking for a career change. Talk about the importance of Launch Code. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the whole model that, that we're putting into place is, is a really innovative model, and I think it speaks to a recognition of how the marketplace and talent, um, you know, their goals and aspirations for their careers are changing. I mean, first off, I mean, one of the most important things we're seeing with talent is that they want diversity of experience. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, not only, you know, folks new out of school or, as you said, experienced hires, what we're able to do is one of the challenges that NGA has had is um, being able to access talent that doesn't have the appropriate clearances. And it takes a certain amount of time in order to get your top secret sensitive compartmented information clearance. And sometimes it's very difficult to be able to hang on to the talent during that period um, that they're undergoing the clearance process. Well, with this new model, um, what we're able to do is they're able to hire them up front. And as they go through the clearance process, they're able to get trainings, whether it be recapitalization of their skills to do new technology things. Launch Code's going to be offering, you know, uh, you know, 12 weeks of, of, of ongoing trainings and case studies. And so they're, they're really able to keep the individuals engaged and have them build new skill sets, or as I said, recapitalize their skill sets so that when they get their clearance, they're going to immediately be able to go in and make an impact at NGA uh, in really solving some of their most challenging technological problems around how to harness big data, how to build new algorithms um, to do more, you know, um, automation, machine learning, artificial intelligence, those kinds of things. So um, the whole model that LaunchCode has set up is going to allow NGA to have access to, to a new pool of talent that is exactly the type of talent that they're going to need in order to be successful as they continue to evolve their mission in the future. Roger, what is Deloitte's role in this? Are they helping NGA with these kinds of uh, strategic thoughts about how to fill their workforce or uh, what, what is Deloitte's role? What, do you, what are you doing with NGA? Yes. Yeah, so one of the large projects we have in supporting NGA is called Human Resource Management. It's a, it's a large-scale end-to-end human capital contract that we were awarded at the early part of this, this uh, calendar year. And so we're really helping them with all phases or all aspects of the talent management process, you know, from the, from the recruiting and hiring side to the performance management side to the awards side, um, uh, you know, and, and everything in between. And so um, as their overarching uh, support provider across their end-to-end human capital life cycle, um, 
we were able to, you know, again, go out and uh, partner with LaunchCode, who specializes in the sourcing of these candidates and, again, of the training and the prepare and to give them the preparedness that they need in order to be successful on day one with NGA. So we really brought them in to bolster a core set of capabilities that we have, but also their unique positioning in the St. Louis market to attract the type of candidate NGA was looking for was very important. So with relation to, to standing up the new career service and the actual sourcing of talent, you know, LaunchCo will be doing the majority of that. We'll be providing the overarching program management over that uh, initiative that, that, that's being executed there in St. Louis. And uh, I see you're a principal in the, the business risk practice. NGA obviously is in security, but just generally we hear about cyber hacks and people are concerned about their personal information. Companies have got to be concerned about the liability that might come with any kind of a hack. Uh, what kind of conversations are happening now or what kind of advice is Deloitte giving in terms of resilience and, and, and protecting yourself against all these cyber risks that are out there? Yeah, I think, you know, there's many type of risks. You know, I, I lead our defense and national security uh, advisory practice, and our advisory practice focuses on, you know, risks at all levels. You know, you have strategic risks, you have regulatory and operational risks. Um, so risk, you know, obviously cyber risk, as you mentioned, is, is front of mind with, 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 with every uh, business or government agency today. And so, you know, at, at Deloitte, you know, we break um, our, our cyber solutions really into three different parts. We have uh, the upfront, which we call secure, is how do you secure, you know, your networks and your information. You know, you have the vigilant, which is where you're doing continuous monitoring and, and, and actively trying to stay ahead of, uh, of the folks to try to eliminate the hacks. And then we have our resilient function is, is how do you respond most effectively, you know, in the event you have a breach. And really, in today's day and age, while you do everything you can to try to eliminate having a breach um, and continually monitoring uh, your infrastructure and networks and things, uh, by and large, most most companies and agencies are going to get breached at some point. Uh, Roger, you said you're relatively new to St. Louis? Yeah, you know, one of the things, um, you know, our, our obviously our federal business in Deloitte is primarily focused, you know, in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. But we made a strategic decision over the last year to uh, invest in some of what we call our priority geographies to um, be able to, to really bring our capabilities and make them available to our customers, um, you know, where they're going out and doing more of the operational missions. And so St. Louis is one of the top six uh, priority geographies that we identified. Uh, and um, I am the St. Louis Geo Expansion lead. So it's really been a privilege and a pleasure for me to get to know the community better. In fact, my father was born and raised uh, in St. Louis, so I have family history there in St. Louis. And obviously, as I mentioned to you earlier, being the account lead for St. Louis um, uh, has me has had me coming out to St. Louis um, for project delivery type purposes. But now I'm really establishing you know an infrastructure and and really trying to create ways to to really tie ourselves uh, more closely with the community because uh, we. We are putting roots down in St. Louis. We're there in the long haul. Um, there's a, a lot of great customers out there, United States Transportation Command, Air Mobility Command, um, the Defense Information System Agency, DISA, is also out there. So we're really looking forward to hopefully being able to partner you know, with federal agencies across the, the Missouri, Illinois area there in St. Louis uh, to, to bring them another option in Deloitte. Uh, one of the other things I'm real proud of um, is we're kicking off our first uh, campus uh, federal campus recruiting effort this year. We're going to be focused 
focused on uh, initially on four universities, um, uh, and in fact, we have our kickoff, uh, you know, at St. Louis University next week. So we're going to be now recruiting for federal positions in the St. Louis area at St. Louis University, University of Missouri and Columbia, uh, Southern Illinois University, and the University of Kansas. So that's another thing we're going to be able to really bring new kinds of jobs um, to individuals that may want to apply uh, or, or work in professional services, but do it more with, uh, a, you know, a, a federal focus rather than a commercial focus. So we're real excited uh, to be teaming with the community in that way as well. Roger Hill, principal at Deloitte. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, KMOX has always been an iconic station to me. Uh, my dad listened to uh, Cardinal games over the years and, and has always talked to me about that radio station, so it's been a pleasure to be with you. Coming up next on Nothing Impossible, it's a conversation with the chief executive at Edward Jones, one of the region's biggest companies. Stay tuned. That is just ahead on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Jim Weddle, managing partner of Edward Jones Investments, here to talk about a milestone. Uh, the company has reached a, a trillion dollars in assets under care, making Edward Jones one of the biggest financial firms in the country. So, Jim Weddle, what has driven this incredible growth at Edward Jones? Yeah, you know, Michael, we work with uh, with individual investors, those folks that are investing uh, with a purpose, usually to send the kids to college, to uh, prepare for retirement, leave a legacy for their family. And, uh, you know, we've stayed focused on that uh, for a long, long time. We just continue to grow the number of clients that we are serving and uh, and helping to reach their, uh, their many financial goals. Uh, very proud of hitting a trillion. We're now at a trillion and uh, 74 billion um, so we've uh, we've blasted right through it and continue to grow and our folks are doing a really really nice job working with our clients so what does this milestone mean does this give uh, the, the the firm more scale where do you go from here I, I know that there's been the effort to uh, for instance hire a more experienced advisors and to move into more of the urban cores but what else comes with this new milestone yeah, for many years we've been uh, moving into the, the larger metropolitan markets. About uh, 75% of all of our locations are now in the metropolitan areas in uh, the U.S. and Canada. Um, it's, uh, it, it's just an indication, I think, of the, uh, the, the size and the scope of the clientele that we serve, the, the great job and the work that, uh, that we're doing for each of those individuals. Um, it's a, it's a, a vote of confidence by an investor when they choose to consolidate their, their business and their assets with us. And, of course, a lot of the growth comes from creating new client relationships as well, and that's going to happen as we continue to grow our number of financial advisors. Uh, Edward Jones is really a St. Louis success story. It seems like uh, essentially you began as what we call today a startup, and you could say that you, know, you haven't <laughs> gone public, you haven't made an acquisition. So to use kind of a, some startup language, Edward Jones has bootstrapped its way to this trillion-dollar milestone, right? I would agree completely with that. Yeah, we were founded in 1922 by uh, by Mr. Uh, Edward D. Jones and uh, proudly have been headquartered in St. Louis the entire uh, time since. Uh, we grow organically. We're a partnership. You are exactly right. The men and the women that do the work at our firm own the place. And uh, I, I firmly believe that owners act differently than employees. They bring their A-game every day. They want to do the absolute best job they can because they own a little piece of the, of the place. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we're very proud of, of our roots and the fact that we've grown organically. Um, not acquiring, not merging um, has uh, allowed us to preserve our values and our 
our uh, business model, and uh, we think it works exceptionally well for meeting the needs of those individual investors. And what's been the benefit for Edward Jones to be based in the St. Louis region with the, the solidification, it seems like, of the financial services sector? You're not the only big company that's based here in that in that field. And then also the growth of well, you know, 630 and some of the other startup on the other end sure. of the spectrum in St. Louis. You know, there's always been a very strong uh, financial services representation in St. Louis, um, going way, way back. Um, lots of good firms uh, headquartered in uh, in our fine city today, uh, and we're proud to be one of them. Uh, you know, being in the Midwest with that uh, uh, Midwest work ethic, we've got wonderful relationships with our major uh, uh, higher education uh, facilities, Washington University, St. Louis University, Umsel, Webster, um, great schools to attract talent. We attract talent from all across the country, but, boy, we've got some great, great sources right there in our backyard. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we like being in the, in the central part of the country. Uh, we can look east and we can look west, but we're right in the middle. And uh, uh, I think that's an advantage for us. When it comes to civic pride, you know, the term Edward Jones Dome rolls off the tongue for a lot of St. Louisans. Uh, now that the home of the Blues is coming up, is there a chance we could see Edward Jones Arena, perhaps? You know, uh, Michael, when we um, negotiated and, and uh, succeeded in, in naming the uh, the Rams facility, the Edward Jones Dome, uh, we were a much smaller firm. Uh, that was uh, a good many years ago. We had very little name recognition, very little awareness in uh, the marketplace locally or nationally, and it helped us to establish that. Today, with, uh, what, 15,800 financial advisors with a uh, trillion dollars under care, um, serving um, about 8 million individual investor households, we've got a pretty broad awareness and a strong brand um, I don't know that another naming rights deal is uh, is on our our, uh, our radar. Uh, certainly, we look at all opportunities, but uh, at this point, I'd say probably not. I know Amazon is on your radar, and you penned a letter uh, in regards to the St. Louis bid. What did what did you say, and what do you think makes St. Louis competitive, whether it's for Amazon or for any other large company that might be looking at the market? Yeah, the Amazon opportunity, of course, there's, what, 200-plus communities uh, all vying for, uh, for that uh, opportunity. And, and uh, certainly it's a, it's a, a, it would be a big catch. Um, but whether St. Louis is successful or not, we have so much to offer. We have an amazing array of, as I mentioned before, the, the educational opportunities that extend into the, into the high school uh, 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 alternatives for uh, for young people, uh, both the public schools, which are terrific throughout our community, as well as the private schools and the alternatives. We've got three kids, all grown now, uh, all young adults. Um, they went to two different high schools, and they were the right—I mean, just the, the the exact right choices for each one. Um, then you've got the colleges. You've got all of the cultural opportunities: the symphony and the zoo. You've got the art museum world-class facilities all. And, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for a great place, not just to work, but a great place to live, St. Louis is it. And whether it's a great place to live or a great place to work, what makes Edward Jones, what, what, what's been the secret sauce to this success? And the fact that you've, you, you've bootstrapped this again, you haven't just gone out and, and bought the scale, you've built this up. What's driven the employees and uh, what drives Edward Jones? You know, we've got a great business model, and it's something that we're very proud of. It's something that's been in place for a long, long time. 
we are a partnership, as uh, as we mentioned before. We're owned by the, the people doing the work at our shop. Uh, we've got a singular focus on working with a serious, long-term individual investor. Um, and we have one face to our client, and that's our financial advisors. We have a, a great focus to our business, uh, not a lot of, of, uh, of distractions, to be sure. We want to do a few things exceptionally well. We want to be the best at understanding the needs of that of that long-term investor, not the speculator and not the day trader and not the institutional uh, investor, uh, the, the individuals, as I said before, that are investing with a purpose, generally focused on their family needs of, uh, of education and retirement and leaving a legacy. Uh, we, we, we focus all of our efforts on doing that exceptionally well, hopefully better than anybody else. I think that's, uh, that's uh, uh, resulted in, in a lot of success over the years. We don't take anything for granted. We've got to earn it every day, but uh, no big changes for us going forward. And your expertise on on the economy right now, the Dow keeps reaching new heights. What what is what do you think is how do you how would you characterize the way the economy is right now? And we're waiting on tax cuts and regulations and that sort of thing too. Yeah, yeah, you know everybody's focused on the uh, on the market right now because, as you say, it continues to set new highs. Um, earnings are strong, um, and it, we're we're in the third quarter earnings season as those uh, announcements are are coming out. They've been pretty strong. Um, you've got a growth agenda that the uh, current administration has uh, uh, has shared. Uh, they're having some difficulty getting the agenda in place, but it's a growth agenda nevertheless, and the market seems to be encouraged by that. You've got continuing low interest rates, so the alternatives to investing in uh, good quality stocks um, are uh, are not perhaps as, as attractive as uh, as they sometimes are. Um, and, you know, with, uh, with all the uncertainty in the world, uh, and there's a lot of economic and, and geopolitical uncertainty, the U.S. is a very stable, uh, very um, secure market. Uh, so I think we're attracting a lot of dollars to our, our markets, and that's driving them higher. Well, I think the last question I have, unless there's something I've missed and I haven't asked, uh, and I would love for you to add in that case, but what's next for Edward Jones in St. Louis what can we expect uh, in the region? I, the construction's been incredible, more hiring. Uh, what's next for Edward Jones in St. Louis? You know, what's next is what we've been uh, doing and, and continuing with that. We're going to be looking for great people to, uh, to drive our, our uh, success going forward. We uh, um, are so proud to, to be headquartered in St. Louis. We'll be continuing to add facilities as needed, nothing right now on the, on the short-term horizon. Um, when we add financial advisors, we need to also add the support structure, uh, the people, the systems, the tools, the resources that support them uh, as they work with our, our individual investor clients. And uh, very proud that the largest portion of our headquarters uh, support uh, uh, team is, uh, is right there in St. Louis. We've got uh, two different campuses, uh, one in, uh, in De Pere, uh and uh, uh, the other up at uh, Dorset and, uh, and 270, and uh, very proudly uh, headquartered uh, in what we consider to be one of the best cities in America. Well, Jim, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the opportunity, Michael. Always enjoy chatting with you. And coming up next on Nothing Impossible, we'll bring you another conversation with a big CEO in St. Louis. This time it's Ameren and what they're doing with startups to figure out the future of electricity. That's up next on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on KMOX. 
Warner Baxter, Chairman, President, CEO of Amarin Corporation. We are about to see some of the startups that you've invested in through the Amarin Accelerator, an effort to get out there and see what kind of new energy-related breakthroughs are in the startup community. And, And so, Warner, thank you for joining us, first of all. Happy to be here, Michael. Thank you for having me. And explain how the Ameren Accelerator got started, and is this the only program of a major uh, utility investing in startup companies? Well, you know, Michael, it's been an interesting story. You know, it actually goes back almost a year ago, where I had an opportunity to to meet with the folks from UMSL Accelerate. And they came and said, you know, look, we're starting this accelerator program, and we'd love to to partner with uh, with a company like Ameren to talk about something so important to all of us, and that's energy. One thing led to another, and we, 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 we decided to form this, what I would call a very unique and forward-thinking public-private partnership with not only UMSL Accelerate, but the University of Missouri System and Capital Innovators, one of the leading accelerator companies in, in the country. And so what our, our objective was really to take the, the expertise from our partners along with, with our coworkers here at Ameren to not only uh, identify and, and mentor but accelerate the implementation of innovative energy solutions for our customers, not just for today, but for the future. And so talk about the kind of technologies that might be out there. We'll talk about the startups themselves and maybe get into some of the details of what they're doing, but talk about the drive for new technologies, new innovations, and it seems like this is a trend where uh, corporate America is looking to some of these fledgling startups, these nimble startups, to see uh, what they're coming up with. Well, it truly is. You know, at the end of the day, you know, as, as, as innovations and technologies continue to advance, it, it's so important for companies like ours to keep our finger on the pulse. And so no better way than to, to really engage directly with innovators and entrepreneurs from literally all over the world. We had over 200 applications uh, for our program from all over the, the, the world, from uh, 30 separate countries and 20-some-odd and, and states, and we got it down to seven companies that uh, that have an international flavor, a, a, a flavor from around the United States, as well as a local flavor. And so, you know, at the end of the day, what we want to do is we have these these innovative products that deal with energy efficiency and smart grid technologies, as well as big data and renewable generation. They touch all these things. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm convinced that uh, they're they're going to bring us great insights, great innovation that we're going to help implement for our customers in the communities that we serve. Talking with Warner Baxter, President, CEO of Ameren Corporation, and let's talk about some of these startups uh, that are going to be seen at UMSL on the demo day. Uh, Blossom seems like it uh, it might help in terms of bill paying and that sort of thing with uh, customers. Absolutely, and so Blossom is is, is really by, by two young young men here right from the area, and they, you know, they they had all kinds of ideas about how they could really use digital agreements and, and, and user-defined rules to help build pain, among other things. But, you know, what they, they've also figured out is they have a platform that can be expanded to any number of things. And so, um, you know, is when, you, when you start out, you say, okay, here's our first game plan. Working with our coworkers and others, I think they're going to continue to expand their products as well as their ability to serve not just the energy industry, but perhaps others. And I think that's just terrific. Hyperion Sensors, uh, Ameren, I know, is in the process of uh, upgrading parts of the St. Louis area to Smart Grid, and it seems like a startup Hyperion Sensors has equipment that has to do with the Smart Grid. Absolutely. You know, uh, sensor technology is so important, and it really gives the, the, us the ability to make the grid even smarter, more intelligent, self-healing. 
And so when you have these sensors, you, you'll know when and whether to do maintenance or how, you know, if there is some issues on the line, it can just be a self-healing um, type of process. And Hyperion Sensors is going to bring some of that technology, not just to us, but, you know, perhaps to enhance the grid around the country. Self-healing, maybe explain a little bit about how uh, the smart grid can do that and also tell us about the next startup called Omega Grid. Well, you know, it, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, when you either have storms or, or, or any kind of issues that happen on the lines. In the old days, what you'd have to do when you'd have a line down, you'd have to ultimately send uh, coworkers out to try and fix it and maybe switch the power going from one line to the next. A self-healing grid is able to detect that, do this automatically, and do it in a matter of seconds as opposed to a matter of minutes or hours, and uh, customers' reliability is, is enhanced significantly. And we all know how important reliability is to our customers. This is what the self-healing grid will do, and, and we'll do it in a more efficient and more effective way. And Omega Grid, what are they up to? Well, you know, Omega Grid has is, is created a platform that's going to really give utilities and us the, the ability to, to really work more effectively with what's called distributed generation, whether, you know, there's, there's private solar in people's homes or perhaps even wind farms or the like. You know, it, what it does, it creates some complexities for the grid. So they have a platform, they have a program that will help hopefully um, make that complexity simpler, not just for, for utilities, uh, but in, and make the grid more reliable and resilient, but also be beneficial for our customers. There's Rebate Bus, which uh, helps utilities deliver their incentive programs online. There's Sensor Tracks, and uh, they also deal with the electric grid as well and Switch Source, too. To talk about the differences between what those two are working on. Well, you know, it's interesting. Rebate Bus, uh, we offer, you know, a, 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 the most comprehensive energy efficiency program in the state of Missouri and, and offer a very comprehensive program in the state of Illinois, uh, literally spending hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, and, and, and what customers often find is a challenge to, to have access to the various incentive programs and to, to get their rebates, if you will, uh, in a more effective way. What Rebate Bus will do is provide a program that, that does it automated and makes it much simpler for our customers and convenient for them not only to access the energy efficiency programs, but also to get their money, which is terrific. Sensor tracks and, and, and switch source, again, this is, this is just some smarter grid technologies in some respects using big data to, to not only make the grid more reliable, but other pieces of equipment, large pieces of equipment within um, your, our, our business and our energy centers and the like to make, them, to, to make sure we do a, a more, an even more effective job not only on maintenance, but on reliability and an overall performance, which you know, when we have a more effective and more efficient system, that benefits our customers. And finally, Wi-Fi Plug is a, a smart plug that learns routines to make life easier. How do they do that? <laughs> Isn't that incredible? So, you know, Wi-Fi plug-in indeed does that. What it gives the ability to do is by plugging your, your appliances into this plug, uh, you, at the end of the day, have the ability through, your, through an app to monitor your energy usage uh, for various appliances and things in your home. And so you can be, do these things remotely, and, and you can just, because customers want to monitor and, and take action on their overall energy usage. And so this is a great opportunity, a great product, and frankly, Apple, uh, through some of the work that we've already done with uh, with Wi-Fi Plug, has expressed a, a real important interest in this, and so um, hopefully you'll you'll see Wi-Fi Plug come into a store near you. And where are these startups from? Are any of them from the St. Louis area? How many of them are are coming to St. Louis from elsewhere? 
So we have um, we have two international companies, two local companies, and and then and the rest are from around the country. But what's really important, and this is really a, you know when you think about the objectives of the program, you know it was certainly to identify these innovative technologies that will benefit our customers and the communities that we serve. Uh, but the second piece of this was to bring these these companies from literally all over the world, all over the country, and even keep some here to really have the ability to start their companies here, but most importantly, keep them here. And then the, to give them the ability to, to grow and, and to hire um, some folks in our region, in our community, to work with them. And indeed, we've already seen signs of, of that where where some of these companies uh, are already setting up a sales office or setting up their corporate headquarters here and have already hired some local talent to be part of the team. So it was clearly, from when I looked at the overall objective, it was beyond just the energy solutions, but it was to help drive economic development in the region, and we're starting to see evidence of that. But the other thing, Michael, which is which was really important for this program, is by partnering with the university, we're giving students at the university in the University of Missouri system, a chance to work directly with these entrepreneurs, to work directly with my coworkers in Ameren, to learn a lot more about the energy sector, but to engage directly and to have an experience that they couldn't otherwise have. And we're doing it through internships. And with any luck, uh, these 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 students will either uh, join on with one of these startup companies or come to Ameren. But if nothing else, better position themselves for success. Uh, here in this in St. Louis, and so as a University of Missouri St. Louis graduate, you know whatever we can do to give these students a better chance in the business world, I think is will be just terrific. Warner Baxter, President CEO of Ameren. So does Ameren get access to? Uh, do you own a stake in these companies now? Do you get access to their technologies? Is the intention perhaps to outright purchase some of them that might have the most relevant technology? Or uh, what do you get out of this, and where do you go from here? Well, Michael, probably the simple answer to all those things is, is yes. Certainly, we were an investor. I mean, we were their, their initial investor, and, and so we, we invested um, in each one of these companies $100,000. And, um, and so that was important seed money to get them started up. But then secondly, you know, we have access to their, to their, to their, to their products, and, and working directly with our coworkers, we've actually taken many of these products already and have begun piloted them uh, at Ameren or have opened doors for other companies to help them pilot these things. So we have access in that way. Certainly we can be uh, ultimately a customer for each one of these. And, yes, it's always a possibility that, you know, maybe sometime they come under the Ameren fold. That's not sort of our, our top priority. But, you know, you, you never say never. So I would say those three things are possibilities. But the most important thing we're focused on is is really to, to keep, as I said at the outset, keep our finger on the pulse of innovation to help accelerate these, these innovative solutions for our customers and the communities that we serve. And ultimately, if, if we get a good return on these investments, that's great. But uh, And if we ultimately have a, 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 an ownership, an even bigger ownership interest in these companies, that's great. But um, first things first, we want to make sure we deliver these innovative solutions for our customers. And finally, what does a big Fortune 500 company maybe have to learn from a small fledgling startup, whether it's about the workplace environment or the approach, the workflow? What is there uh, to learn? What, what, what can each of you learn from each other? Oh, gosh. You know, um, certainly I think when, when you, you think about what we're able to bring to, to the, these new companies, it's, you know, it's a breadth of experience in the energy sector and practical experience and certainly a lot of business knowledge from across the company. What we've been able to do 
is, you know, we have a diverse group of, of coworkers from across the entire company, from our transmission business, our generation business, our distribution business, our corporate services businesses. We have people from all across diversity um, and incredible uh, that, that, that's engaged in this. And so that's, that's helpful for them. But I'll tell you, it brings back to us, too, because we have the ability to continue to seed, you know, the innovative culture that, that we want to continue to grow here in Ameren. And so when you work with entrepreneurs and innovators, you know, they ask what if and why not a lot more. But I think that's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing for our company. It's a good thing for our customers. And it's a good thing for the communities that we serve. We're all winners out of this. Warner Baxter, President and CEO of Ameren. Always informative. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. Michael, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us for Nothing Impossible this week. Michael Calhoun, Travis Sheridan will return and we'll continue the local innovation conversation here on The Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.